This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. Today, we will be discussing variations on a list that we prepared originally for Stoney's Rock and Rodeo, where we were dancing last night, but which has been expanded beyond what we would have considered even 40 minutes ago. Originally, it was titled What Christopher and Megan Have Been Dancing Lately, and we decided to start thinking even further and and ask ourselves what we would request where and why as of September 2018. Let's start with Megan. Do you want me just to read my list? Go nuts. (laughs) So just in general, what I have down, it took me a little while to really decide on what I would request and to stop thinking about why I would request it and just what I'd want to dance. Um, So I have the dancing tree, bring it, freaky skills, pull you through, do what you do, a lover's track, floofilla, slow burn, faith and desire, Little Red Corvette, Muddy Waters, Poetry in Motion, Free Falling, From the Ground Up, Let Me Love You, Lay Low, Pieces, Speak to a Girl, Follow Me, Good Girls Gone Bad, Funkin' Feel It, Feel So Good, Make You Move, Faded, I'm No Good, As She's Walking Away, and Feed the Fetish. All right. Now, we were looking at this list and the ginormous list of possible requests from uh, Stoney's last night with a filter of why. And we found that there were many different reasons why each of these might appeal to us for different reasons. Uh, Some of the bullet points we noted here were musicality. uh, How much do we like the song and how well does it hit? What is this dance's place in line dance history? For example, uh, you mentioned Bring It uh, earlier as one that really stands out as one of those dances that, like, if you can get this, like, you you can feel like you know something significant within line dance. Uh, learning new concepts and challenges, like that one weird foot thing that Paul McAdam does in the video and in the choreography. Um, how much we are influenced by specific people selling the dance for example, Lisa Yunker has a way of moving that that um, you you watch uh, you know at an event like Motor City Dance Classic and think like wow what is that dance? Whereas you know a week prior, if you had just seen some YouTube demo of it by whomever, you might not think anything of it. There are specific people like Rachel; she can sell anything um, who who really bring out the best in a, a set of choreography. Uh, we also talked about like natural flow of dances, uh, what makes us wait on some versus really want to jump on others. And I think you even have a few there that um, you are planning to learn and you have different reasons for why you'd want to learn those. What is the story for you behind each of these dances on your list? Why do you particularly enjoy dancing these? Well, some of it has to do with who inspired me to learn it. Um, Some of it has to do with a connection to the song. 
Um, some of it has to do with wanting the challenge to increase my abilities as a dancer. Um, for example, um, you had men- mentioned Lisa. She is one of the factors as to why I want to learn Faith and Desire. I also happen to love that song. So it was one of those that I've really wanted to um, experience myself. Um, uh, Slow Burn. Slow Burn is has a lot of history for the track for me because I started out in East Coast Swing when I was 18 for a couple years or whatever just playing around with friends and that was one of our favorite songs to dance to so when I found out that there was a line dance to it I jumped on that immediately I didn't even hesitate it was like yes I'm learning this dance um other dances like free falling was going to challenge the heck out of me um and my abilities as a dancer along with like make you move it's definitely not a normal what you would see at say like a bar or what you would see at say like a community center kind of dance it's one that you're going to definitely have to put some time and effort and energy into to really sell the dance and express yourself through the movements that they were gi- they were giving to you um funk and feel it is one of the first dances that i learned uh, that I knew I was choosing to learn from a choreographer kind of thing. Like I, I had just started to understand the concept of choreography in my line dance journey because, you know, at the bars, that's just, you go in, that's just the dance. This dance just was magically handed down to you and, and you just dance it. Um, whereas Funk and Feel It was one of the first ones that I remember like the idea of like looking at a video and looking at a step sheet and like knowing that it was a Rachel dance. So that one has a different kind of uh, place in my line dance history as to why like that's one that I really, really like. Um, As for some of the other ones, say like lay low in pieces. Those are two of my favorites to dance. Like I was just, we were just talking about how it's not ones that I would request because they get played, but I'd be really, really sad if they stopped playing them. So then I'd have to start requesting them. Um, some of the other ones, like Follow Me, that was one that we had seen at one of our first experiences um, in the very early beginnings of our line dance event going um, at WWLA with Joey and Rick and Jono and... That was just one that like really, really stuck with me because it doesn't get danced a whole lot the way, say, like New Flow and Pump It do, which we also saw that weekend. Oh, and Skiffle Time, um, which I do enjoy dancing those, but it's one that doesn't get played as often. So I feel like I would want the opportunity to experience it in different events, in different places. Uh, some of the other things that I was thinking about as to why I would want to request something, which we can go in a little bit more detail, is who is my audience or my environment. So with audience, I, I start thinking about like, for instance, when we're tabling, which is um, how we advertise for our line dance club at the college. 
Uh, we set up a table with music and flyers and a signed sheet for people to give like their email addresses so that we can inform people that this is a club that exists on campus. They are able to join it at any time. And then we demonstrate dances. Well, something like that is you don't, you don't want to make things that are like so crazy over the top that people are like, I'm never going to be able to do that. And you definitely don't want to play music that the college kids aren't going to be able to relate to. So there's certain dances that I start to look at, be like, okay, well, what could they relate to? What kind of music do they listen to? Um, what's something that looks cool or hits nice or has one really cool part in it? Um, that they may like really, really get drawn in by, as well as I know we were looking at also playing some of the uh, more commonly done in the bar scene as well that they could obtain, like if they wanted to jump in right now, they could follow Cupid Shuffle, uh, something along those lines. But with when it comes to environment, am I at the bar? Am I at a dance event? Am I at the local community center social for the month? Like who is there? Who's going to know those dances? Who's going to be willing to um, get out and try them? Or who's going to be excited when they hear them? Like obviously Jesse Chan is going to be excited for a lot of these because she's just amazing. And she travels all over the world to all these different dance events and knows so many different dances. But if she's not there, who else is? Are they... Like, you know, are they going to be able to, you know, follow this particular dance if they don't know it? Are they willing to try it? Is it something that maybe they used to do way back when and now we're bringing it back? And yeah, like do your thing. And that was, you know, like at Boots and Buckles, like that was definitely a great, great experience for everybody. We had a lot of fun. And now it's kind of one of those things when we show up, they're always excited. Be like, hey, can we do do your thing? And, you know, we're like, yeah, of course, let's dance it. Let's do it. You know, um, I imagine one category for you might also be who can you play with for certain dances? Like Marcy. Yes, definitely. There's definitely that connection to of um, who I can play with. Now, most of these, realistically, that I have on this particular list, I don't actually play with a lot of people. Some of it, like for instance, Lay Low, I've been dancing it so much that I just have my own interpretation of it. Um, but there is certain ones that like, I almost put on the list but didn't quite, which would be like the one you're waiting on. The one you're waiting on is like, I have to dance that next to Marcy when we're in the same event area and it's being played. It's just one of those things. Um, early, early in line dance when I was doing um, Keep It Groovin' by Joe, Jono was definitely one of those that I would play with next to. Um, I also, for instance, like we were talking a little bit ago, um, there's certain songs that like if John Robinson was at the event I would make sure like those get played um because I love dancing next to him on some of them another one which comes to mind now that I didn't put on here is um Wonderland Waltz at um Pikes Peak Line Dancer Bus like after the first experience, seeing how much they played with it, I was like, I have to see Michael, John, and Jill play with this dance. Like, even if I sat it out, like, I would enjoy it. But that was definitely one that I've 
got to join them this year on. Um, and there's just certain dances that like I wouldn't necessarily request on a regular basis, but if the right people were there, like another one that comes to mind would be what's your name. Um, I would definitely look at like, that's my environment. That's who I can play with. That's who I can watch play. That's who I can enjoy, um, being a part of that memory with, uh, certain things like that come to mind. Um, other things are just like what it took me to learn that dance and by gosh, I am not going to lose it. You know, there are certain ones that I have hung on to for dear life, no matter how hard the concept was for me to learn at the time. And now it's kind of one of those things where it's like, nope, nope, I'm not letting it go yet. Not yet. Um, and it's only because I put so much, you know, sweat and energy and thought and emotion into the journey of learning it that I'm like, no, I worked for this. I'm going to keep it. Um, and then that kind of goes into another thing that I had come to realize that a lot of my requests have really, really changed in the sense that I generally don't actually request things. Um, the way Boots and Buckles works is they have a list of dances that you just initial and that's your form of request. Um, they also have your, um, they have little cards. It's called name your dance card that they'll take. Um, and then like, it's a guaranteed play at that point. And I ha I still have like five of them. And cause I'm so like, if I want to dance something so badly, I have so many other places that I can dance it to that I haven't quite gotten the idea of like, I can just request it here and then it'll be here. Um, another thing is a lot of times I'll look at you and be like, I need to review something that we've recently learned lately because we've learned, you know, four new dances and you'll be like, well, which one do you want to learn or which one do you want to review? And I'll be like, I, I don't know. And you're like, how about this one? I go, perfect. Let's do that one. You know? Um, a lot of times it's come down to at the events, we've been to so many events that the only time I really request anything is when we've learned a bunch of new dances and it's just for me to inform JP and Louie that, hey, look, Chris and I have learned all these other dances. So now you have more dances that you can play with when it comes to late night dancing. You're not stuck to the same five or whatever um, you now have, you know, 20 to work from or whatever. And I trust them for the most part. They know what I like. They know, I mean, they see me dancing on the floor and they know that, you know, for instance, faith and desire is one of my favorites. I know that if Lisa's at the event, it's going to get played, you know, for sure. Um, so some of these, like, it's more of a, I just love dancing it more so than I would like necessarily request it because I have so many different places and opportunities to dance nowadays, thank heavens, that a lot of it comes down to what would I miss if it didn't get played anymore? Um, another thing that I come to think of as a 
if I'm showing this, say, to our line dance club, this is a potential thing that they're going to request to learn. So it's like, do I want them to learn this dance as well? So I'm going to show them this dance a couple times and show how much fun I have dancing it. And this is how you can play with it. And this is how you can break it. And then they're going to be more inclined to want to learn it as well. Um, based on that idea that like who's selling this dance. Um, they definitely have more of a connection with say you and me than they would Rachel. Like, I mean, they would see Rachel and be like, wow, she can really move. She can really dance. She's amazing. But they might not necessarily think it's in their wheelhouse of being able to learn it because she's amazing, you know? And I know a lot of people do that. Well, I'm never going to look like that. So why would I dance it, you know? And versus you and me, we can break down the steps because we've done it so often that then they're getting more comfortable with the idea of like, oh, this is obtainable. You know, we're, we're human. <laughs> uh, we're not this person that we've put on, say, like a pedestal of the unrealistic expectation of like never being able to like achieve that. Um, and I like the idea of exposing them to different dances too. Um, I know for me, music has to be a big part of it. If I don't like the track, then it's going to be really hard for me to express myself to that track. Um, as for the dances themselves, if I'm not quite like sold one way or, or another on the song where it's like, yeah, it's all right. It's, it's okay. It's nothing special. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to learn something to this. Or it's not the, oh my gosh, I need to leave the room because, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. Um, then it comes down to looking at the movements and there's certain things that definitely will draw my attention. For instance, the out, out, in, in, toe, heels, heels, toes bits in the Gotcha Number by Darren. You know, I saw that and went, oh, I want to know how that feels. Um, I don't think I actually put it on my list right now um, because I know Club's been requesting it a lot. So it's one of those that, again, it just kind of happens. And so I'm used to it being danced now, which is really nice. Um, or, for instance, the reason why I learned Woo Woo originally because she did the the heel twist bit and there's certain holds in other dances that I'm like oh that hit so cool with the way it stopped there with the music um like for instance boots the stop that she does you know um it's like oh I want to know how that feels I want to hit that the way that is same thing with like the dancing tree with the like the heel bounce part um it hits on those like that like click almost and it just it catches my attention in a way that it's like, oh, I really, really want to know how that's going to feel in my body at that exact moment. So I get inspired that way as well to learn the dance in the first place. Are there any on here going from top to bottom that uh, maybe you hadn't mentioned specifically, like feed the fetish or um, do what you do? A couple of surprises on there. Um, so feed the fetish... Honestly, it was one of those, it's a little bit tricky for me because it was never one of those that I'm like, oh my God, I need to learn this dance. And it was never one, well, everybody's doing it, so I should too. It was just kind of happened. It, it was just like, oh yeah, no, I should probably learn that. I should probably learn that sooner or later. And then 
it got to a point where you had danced it a few times because because you know you and I have this agreement which most people don't know that we'll look at dances and if we both want to learn it we'll learn it together however there's other times where you're like no no you go ahead and learn it without me or I'll be like no it's fine totally I have no desire to learn that dance right now so please by all means um and feed the fetish just it kind of got to a point where it had happened at a couple events and all of a sudden I felt like I was missing out like I, I missed the boat on this secret. Like I really should get on this. So I finally, you know, I asked you to walk me through it real quick. Definitely one of those that for whatever reason, when I want to challenge to how I normally dance a dance and I want to work on something that's going to be more technique for me, I guess you could say, and really have to figuring out how to place my weight and shift my body and step appropriately, I go to Scott. Like Scott has a way of in his dances that just challenges me that I'm not used to. Um, and Feed the Fetish was one of those that, oh, I was very frustrated learning it, very frustrated learning it because in my head it made sense in my head. It made perfect sense how to move through the, the dance and what step came after what and logically and momentum wise, it all made sense. But when my feet tried to do it, it, it just, for whatever reason, I was really, really struggling with it, but I wanted it because I felt again, like I was missing out after seeing it done at a few events and seeing how much fun people were having with it that I was like, no, I know I want this dance. I want this dance. So I worked through it and now I definitely, I still have a few moments where my brain and my feet aren't quite connected um, because it is still a relatively new dance for me. Um, but it's one that I'm going to fight to keep because it, I remember what it was like sitting on the sidelines and watching other people have fun with it. And I went, no, I want to have fun too. Um, I'm not sure what was the other one that you had. Well, actually, uh, the other one that I mentioned is maybe a similar story as two others that are on here. Cause we don't really see them at events. Do what you do. Uh, good girls gone bad and faded. Okay, so Faded was one of those that I think you had learned first, and I was actually waiting for you at a Starbucks, because we were going to meet up before, I think, a night that we were teaching or something, um, and I had time to kill. And so I was scrolling through Rachel's Vimeo account, and I saw it, and I went, oh, I could probably learn this. Why not? I mean, it's a good it's a good track. It looks like a fun dance. I mean, it's nothing too overly complicated. I could learn this while I'm waiting. And I literally learned it sitting in my car. Like, I didn't even dance it until we had played it with music later that night. Um, so it was definitely one of those that I just kind of watched the movements. And it just made sense in my head that then, like, you know, 20 minutes or a half an hour later when we you're like, oh, you learned i was like well sort of i haven't tried it on my feet yet but and like well did you want to go over i was like i'm like no let's just play music i'll sink or swim just keep dancing i'll pick it up when you know when i lose it and i'll just follow you and that's one that i like because it's a it's a different sound it's not your what you'd see at a country bar kind of thing but it's one featuring pitbull <laughs> 
it's one that you can actually, as we experienced one night while we were tabling at um, what we call Big Night here, which is kind of like a little mini um, fair. It has like like the fair games and it has food and it has a Ferris wheel and a couple rides. It's like the opposite of grad night. The, the safe, sober, parent-friendly event that high schools put on so that they're poor little darlings don't go off and get smashed. This is like that, but for freshman year students going into college for the first time. Yeah. Um, kind of like a welcome party, but it's, you know, like you said, with the idea of not getting out and getting smashed and, you know, doing silly, youthful things. Um, they had a DJ and he was playing all kinds of things. And it's one that you can kind of song switch to a lot of different of the top 40 popular tracks. Um, pretty easily. Cause it's a, it's a pretty straightforward count. There's nothing too crazy about it. And it tends to hit pretty nicely. Um, as for, uh, do what you do. That was another one that I was just browsing through Rachel's Vimeo account. Like I was, bored on my break one day and went what is this dance I've never heard of this so I watched her do a demo of it and I was like oh now that looks fun that looks fun and I haven't heard Chris mention it yet so what wait wait, what and so I kind of did a little bit of research found out that it's not a new dance (laughs) um and so I just I downloaded her video for it and I started learning it that night later while we had gotten to uh, one of our teaching gigs early. I had started going over it just because I was like, you know, why not? I mean, I got the faded so quickly. Now, this one was a little bit more work. That tag. I keep missing the tag, but the tag looks so, so fun. Um, so. It's it's still a work in progress for me, even though it's on my request list, because it's this is kind of my request slash review list. Um, so do what you do definitely sparked up that way. And then what was the last one? Uh, well, the last one also connects to another one. Good Girls Gone Bad and I'm No Good. Yeah, Good Girls Gone Bad and I'm No Good. So I'm No Good, I actually stumbled upon what, like almost a year ago now? I mean, it's, it, was an, it was a long time ago that I found this. Yes, it would be almost over a year ago because we were still teaching at Tradewinds. And my Facebook is just now starting to pop up with the event things for Tradewinds. So it would be about a year ago now. I had just found it randomly because I was, again, um, stalking through Rachel's videos. Yeah, this time on YouTube. This, yeah, this time on YouTube. And I was looking for stuff that could be country that I could bring in for my more advanced dancers, like um, the ones that do stuff like Four on the Floor or Chill Factor, um, Fake ID, those kind of dancers that we were going to be for sure having at Tradewinds. Um, and so I started looking at that one, and I actually fell in love with the song and of course Rachel looked adorable dancing it and I was like oh I want to dance it too so that's one that um comes and goes frequently like I always forget like the last eight counts and then there's like four counts in the middle that like sometimes I'll stumble on um but for the most part like as soon as I hear the music my body mostly remembers what's going on and we've just been reviewing it lately so that we don't lose it. 
Uh, so that's definitely one of those. And as for Good Girls Gone Bad, I think that was another one that I had just randomly stumbled across when it came to stalking Rachel's YouTube or Vimeo. And it looked like fun. And I liked the the hitch slap part, heel, hit, hook, heel part. And it just hit nicely. Um, I think uh, it's in the lyrics at that time that she says uh, that the vocalist says something like when, when they hit their knees, you better watch your back. Yeah. Then you hit your knee. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Um, and I remember you, I'd, I'd seen it once. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cute. That's really fun. Whatever. And then you had been like, Hey, you should learn this one. And I went, Oh yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, let's do that. And so you had ended up learning it and I had ended up learning it. And, um, I've just been trying to keep it lately and I'm hoping to teach it to our line dance club because it looks like something that they might actually enjoy. A couple of unusual ones in here that I think are probably based on attendance at certain events. Florafilla and feels so good. Yes, definitely. So Florafilla, we found out about, where were we? We were... East Coast somewhere. I know we were East Coast. I'm trying to... I think it was Big Bang. I'm pretty sure it was Big Bang. Um, Because I think I'm I'm recognizing the hotel now. Yes, it was Big Bang Dance Classic this year. Um, And that's where we met Brian. And him and Jen were really, really excited to go out there and dance Flawfilla. I had never heard of it before. I had never seen it before. And when I saw them do it, I went, that looks like so much fun. I want to do it. And for whatever reason, we pushed it off for so long. And then all of a sudden, while we were tabling a couple days ago, even it was this week that we had learned it. I was like, all right, well, let's learn something since we've been out here for three hours already in the sun. Um, let's go ahead and learn something. And you started pulling out a few things that you were looking at. I'm like, how about floor filler? And you're like, yes, let's do it. Let's do it now. I can't believe we've waited this long. So you jumped on the chance to learn that one. Um, and we learned it. And so now I'm really, really excited about that because it is fun. It hits nicely. It's not an overly complicated dance by any means, but it just feels so satisfying to dance it. It's definitely like a party dance kind of dance. Um, and the other one, feels so good. oh, feels so good. Yes. That's one that we definitely, we saw at Detroit Motor City together. I don't know if you had seen it prior to that or not, but that was the first place I had seen it. And I went, oh, what is this? This is such a weird dance. It's like Tai Chi in a dance oh, I want to learn it. And so we knew that since Amy Christian was going to be at Windy City, that we needed to get on that sooner rather than later um, because we knew after Detroit last year that we wanted to learn it for the next time we were going to see her. Like Dangerous with John. Yeah, Dangerous and um, Smooth Criminal are on my list that I need to learn, and that's just... Yeah. So anyways, I figured I'd I'd, I'd give one for Amy because again, like I know so many others that I can dance with other people 
And I really wanted to have a chance to experience that one with Amy at Windy City, possibly. So that one definitely made my list recently. So it's it's the uniqueness of the dance because you just don't see that kind of movement in dances. Um, right? It's like the Tai Chi with the drawing the bow with, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's really cool. And I liked the difference, like, same reason why I wanted to learn um, do something crazy like who dances with a towel you know and so there's certain things that catch my attention and that was definitely one of them and I was lucky enough to see it at an event uh, which I think also makes a difference when wanting to learn a dance like where you're exposed to it I think that's a big thing too because like we could bring um feel so good to club but I don't think they would get it I don't think they'd understand why like it's a cool idea to learn this kind of dance they would look at us like we're very weird and pushing them out of their comfort zone and be like are you sure but yeah it's like at the same time they love cannibal stomps so who knows they might actually very much like this dance yeah another one that reminds me of is uh, muddy waters where it's like spooky but in order to appreciate the spookiness, you have to be in a ballroom past a certain hour at, at eight o'clock in the evening on a university campus with people doing like Pilates in the corner of the rec center. It's not the same effect. Yeah, definitely not. Um, and I know for me, muddy waters, I was actually exposed to that at Palm Springs this, what last year? Was it last year? Two years ago? I'm very confused now. When was Amy and Darren at Palm Springs? Was it this year with you? Okay, so it was this year. <laughs> um, gotta love that. It's been two and a half years and I'm already melding which events were which years. Um, I was exposed to it there and I saw Darren dance it and it was just one of those where I knew I needed to know how that felt in my body. It was such a cool dance. The way it hit, the song just captured my attention immediately. And just that beginning with like the arms pulling up and the head going down and the snap, it was like, it's such a strong, like grounded, powerful movement and you're not doing much. And so it's like, I needed to know what that was like for me because it looked so intense and so cool that it captured my attention immediately. And I was hooked for the whole dance after that. Yeah. We, we, didn't we see that first at, yeah, at Motor City and then uh, learned it at Palm Springs. I, I could have sworn Darren taught it at Motor City, but we just didn't demo it with him because we didn't know it yet. Uh, it might have been. It might have been that might have been his first thing, but I was. Um, I know that there was a couple things that were going on at Motor City during some of the demos, and that's very possible that that was one of the ones that he did. But I don't recall it being there. That wasn't where it like like captured my attention. I know that it was at um, it was at um, the Palm Springs that I was like I can remember exactly where he was standing on the floor, exactly where Amy was, and where we were standing. Um, when it all, when I saw it and it like, I couldn't take my eyes away from this dance. Um, I have a, a similar one, which it would be on my list if I knew the dance better, but like witness and, um, fragile 
Like those are two dances that I know we've had in the past and we've lost that I need to get back because that's another one like watching Fred do some of these dances. I was just like just in awe at the ability that you can do these movements as a line dance and it I want to be able to express myself that way. Um, so yeah, those would definitely make my list if I knew them. <laughs> so, um, what about you? Well, uh, before we get onto my list, I also want to mention two that are paired in a way similarly to how we think of Italiano and pink champagne. Uh, you had two on here that are like siblings almost in how we learned them. Let me love you. And from the ground up. Well, that, yeah, that's exactly how I describe it. It's, it was funny because I even when I was trying to, I'm like, oh my gosh, the name of the dance, the name of the dance. And I was like, I almost have it. I know how the movements go. And I looked at you and I said, not from the ground up, but, and he goes, let me love you. So, you know, it was one of those moments where it's like, thank you for knowing what my brain was trying to pull out. Um, those we learned together. And it was one, I love both those songs. Two, Rachel's involved in both of them that I was like, no, I'm kind of obsessed with Rachel. We all know this now. Um, I want to know how they feel. And those are two that I've worked very hard to keep because of the fact that they're not your basic 32 count bar dance. They're definitely more to them than that. And they're not done as often as say like pull you through um and so it's the idea that they are reflective and for whatever reason as you can kind of tell mostly from my dance list a lot of it has to do with what you call reflective and it's the I call it I feel pretty (laughs) um it's the chance that I can do those and get emotional with them I can express myself in a way that I don't normally get to and really dig down deep which is why those kind of dances I'm very very careful about my environment in which I dance them um, because I like to really get enveloped in those particular songs and those dances I wouldn't request it where there's a bunch of people talking. I wouldn't request it at like some type of party where people want to feel good and be energetic and stuff like that. I wouldn't request it at the bar, you know, even at club, I wait till they're all gone and we still have the space because just having them sit there and watch even sometimes can break me of being able to really get in connect in connected get connected to what I want to feel or I want to express or be able to dance and really let go um I know we tried doing one of them and there was people in the room and I just I couldn't dance it like for whatever reason I kept losing my place I never I was like all over the floor I kept forgetting like the restarts and I think that um, that happened with Speechless when we were trying to learn. Oh, yeah. When I was trying to learn Speechless, I got to the point where I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this here. I don't feel safe here. I don't feel comfortable here. I don't feel like I can expose myself here the way I would have to for not only such a beautiful song and an amazingly graceful dance, but something that's going 
to be a challenge for me to learn because it's not something I'm not a way I'm used to moving and it's really an advanced level of turning for me that I have not had experience or practice with and to be that vulnerable in a space with people talking and chatting in the background even quietly it just doesn't work for me so I have to be very aware of what my environment is and who I'm around and where I am mentally when learning a dance um, that requires so much of me that even going back and dancing um like there's certain ones like even even poetry in motion can be tricky sometimes for me um I really have to kind of like space myself away from people and just kind of go okay let go just get get into the music immediately as soon as it starts dance as soon as it starts hitting um because otherwise you're not you're going to lose your place you're going to get distracted and you're not going to be able to dance this the way you want to dance this um, even though I've done poetry in motion for a year plus now. Um, but yeah, like a lot of these, like it, it really is the environment I'm in as to why I'd want to dance them. Uh, pieces I can, I can still every once in a while get broken out of lay low. I don't lay low. I, I mean, we danced that at a bar the other night, which was really cool for one. Um, but and there was partner dances going around and there was people sitting at the tables and we were dancing on the floor I know there was some guy that was dancing awfully close to me but for whatever reason like I was able just to get into my zone so easily with that one and feel it and just dance it and so there's certain ones that it doesn't matter but then there's other ones that like I really just want to feel whatever it is during that one um, which also then comes down to stuff like, for instance, um, follow me. Like that's another one. It's a different kind of feel. It's like more of the cathartic getting energy out. Um, same thing with freaky skills. Like that one for me was, I liked the idea of it being an older dance. I liked the idea of it being basically just dirty and nasty. Like it is not a pretty song it's not a make you feel pretty it's not an appropriate song by any means to dance if you're like doing at an elementary school or anything like that so it's it just it taps into that emotion that allows me to strut that side of myself that doesn't ever come out along along I was gonna say along with like just the idea of um like make you move too or if I want something just to purely exhaust myself which I know we had said um earlier about like if certain people were at events we would request the songs like the beast is another one if Rob Fowler's there I'm gonna be dancing the beast for sure um or Beethoven's boogie like those are ones that are just like I want to exhaust every ounce of my body to when I walk off the floor I'm like that was good. Like I needed, I need a song to sit because I just wasted all of my energy that I possibly had having as much fun as possible on that dance floor. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those for me to follow me. It's the good, it's the fun, but it's also the, you know, that, that other side that you want to express. You know, one fun thing in addition uh, to what you mentioned regarding follow me and freaky skills is that even the tracks themselves are difficult to acquire. 
They're not on Spotify or places where you can easily purchase them like Amazon. And if you're the sort of person who, you know, rips music from YouTube, they can't even be ripped by some uh, common ripping website, sources say. So finding a copy for your personal use involves its own sort of underground activity unless you know you you bought the CD in the 90s or something or the early 2000s so like that just adds to the mystique of the dance like it's that it's that taboo uh even the song for for uh, poetry in motion um that isn't the poet but you know a hotel california from hell freezes over 1994 by the eagles like that live version is not easy to find. It's another one where for some people, if they don't go through certain channels to get the track, they can only dance it to that, to that song at an event. So it makes it that much more special. Like they have to wait three months to request it late at night so that you know, ASCAP or BMI or whoever licenses music doesn't find out that you're dancing to this, this track. Well, I guess uh, now is as good a time as any to jump over. Are, are there any other that you want to mention on yours? No? Okie doke. Well, uh, first thing I should probably mention is what you were saying about um, you know, terming something uh, reflective. We have these Spotify playlists broken down into different categories of what the dances feel like. And when we were doing our, our marathon a while back, uh, we had you know either the option of a one giant list or different categories depending on how they feel. So for example, uh, you, you mentioned reflective and the 17 tracks that I have under reflective uh, to give people a sense of you know what these would sound like. Uh, Champagne Promise, Faith and Desire, Free Fallen, From the Ground Up, Girl Crush, The Good Parts, The Last Word, Lay Low, Little Red Corvette, Love Remains, Part of the list, pieces, save the day, the one you're waiting on, she used to be mine, speechless, tell your heart to beat again. So a lot of these, you know, if if you if you said the title to yourself and thought like, oh, like love remains, oh, she used to be mine, oh, tell your heart to beat again. Like that's the feeling of this whole playlist. It's that sense of like wistful, yearning, something about love maybe, something about mortality. Uh, and then we also have, in addition to reflective, um, spooky. And I won't mention, well, actually, there are only 10, so I guess I'll say these two. Uh, Let Me Love You, Muddy Waters, Once Upon a December, uh, Poetry in Motion as Done to Hotel California, which I totally legally acquired, uh, Run Me Like a River, Sound of Silence, Spiderweb by Brenna Stith, Take Me to the River, Whatever Happens, Welcome to Mystery. Now, these aren't the kind that make you go like, oh, whatever happens. This is like, ooh. Whatever happens, muddy waters, let me love you once upon a December. Like that tone of voice, that feel. These are the spooky ones. And then they're, they're cool ones, but this one actually is long. This is like 21 tracks. So I'll just mention a couple like Pink Champagne, Slow Burn, uh, Boom Pow, uh, Geek in the Pink. These are the kind that you're like, you know, kind of like, oh, yeah, strut, something about booty, something about yo hips. You know, th- those kind of dances are in this one. And then they're the weird ones that just make me happy and uplifting, like uh, Happy Dance, Splish Splash, uh, Got to Be Funky, uh, 
Bobby with an eye, Zydeco lady. Some of these are just like, oh yeah, you know, good, good old, good old line dancing. You know, always there to cheer you up, like Hurricane. You know, it's TNG Hurricane. Hello Dolly. And then the longest list by far. Shocker. Yeah, after spooky, reflective, cool, and uplifting. Uh, Energetic has 75 tracks compared to Uplifting, which only had, I think, 21, uh, 22. And uh, this is like everything, almost everything else. Um, This is a lot of the stuff that I've learned over time because it gets my blood pumping. It's that, you know, makes you feel like you're alive and young and energetic. Stuff like, um, you know, Funk and Feel It, like, like you had on yours, Shake That. Hot tamales, jukebox, larger than life, kissing strangers, things where you have to jump around a lot. Some Simon, some Rachel, some Fred, some Roy. Uh, Real expressions of how they are at their peak of uh, physical performance, it seems. And then I have another list that's less relevant that's just like everything else. So like black coffee. Yeah, what is black coffee? It's it's a dance that we know, but like how do we feel when we do it? You know, I don't know. It's like it's shimmies, it's got snaps, but then it's a sad song. It's just confusing. I think Wave on Wave is probably in here too. Um, so yeah, there, there's some that don't really fit a category. They don't really fall into any of those. Um, and I would really be stretching if I tried to move them into them. So they end up in that list as, uh, instead. So that brings me all to the point of this list uh, for Stonies was really intended to um, mostly be either review of dances we've done lately that are I'm excited by or ones that I think would be fun to do in that particular environment. This is why there's less overlap. I, I do enjoy a lot of the dances on your list uh, but these are probably more from the energetic category. So uh, in column left here, we have uh, the ones where the dance and song name are the same. Uh, Bobby with an I. It just looked cute. Seemed like a good one. It's country. Bring it to the country bars where we teach. Uh, Somewhere with you. Spooky and also country. Uh, Faded. Got your number. Uh, homegrown. I'm no good. Dem jeans. That would be fun to do with Stonies. Kissing Strangers, As She's Walking Away, which we both just learned recently. Pump It and New Flow, which we've been doing a while, but we haven't done in a while. Uh, Back It Up, which I totally forgot that we had learned recently, and I keep forgetting to review because of that. And Rose Garden, which is just a good time all around. Then we have on the right side, we have uh, dance names, which are different from song names. But hey, it's all Lion Dancers who are listening, so I only have to say the dance name. Uh, The Dancing Tree. Made in the Shade, JR Drop, Feed the Fetish, Freaky Skills, Make You Move, A Lover's Track, Italiano, Yes You Won't, Yes, Floor Filla, AK Freak, Bring It, Chase That Dollar, Have Fun Go Mad, and that's to Shake That by Eminem, again, Dirty, After Hours, Slow Burn, Vanatech Cha, Hot and Hazy, Feels So Good. These are either ones that we... Learned a while back and need to review, like, yes, I tend to forget, you know, the opening for yes. Um, yes, you won't has that one little tricky bit, you know, about midway through. So that's, yeah, it's good to go over. And, uh, you know, Hot and Hazy, we just recently went over because uh, we were forgetting chunks here and there. So some of them are just for, you know, practical purposes of review. And maybe they fit in the country bar theme, like Made in the Shade. It's got Jared Neiman and Lee Bryce. So, you know, it, it, we could get away with doing that there. JR drop, you know, people could freestyle around the sides while Move Shake drop is playing for, you know, us in the middle. Uh, 
mostly they just seemed like ones that I would want to dance and I could probably get away with doing them at Stoney's. At the bottom uh, were additional ones like Boys Like You, Let Me Love You, Somewhere in My Car, Domino, Somebody Like You, Deja Vu, Time to Ride, Rhyme or Reason, Mars Attack. And my reasoning for many of these um, is I like the way my body feels when I do it because there's usually something a little weird going on. Freaky Skills has that part in the second half where you step, sailor step, turn, thrust, recover, swivel to the left, and I have never done or seen that anywhere else. Then shortly after that, it has the um, the cross-unwind thrust while you're still crossed over and then step out to the left. And I'm not used to thrusting while my legs are crossed, but it kind of weirdly works because they're talking about got your favorite thong. I'm like, huh, how did they come up with that? Like we always could have done that, but we never did until this dance gave us the opportunity to do it. So things like pump it with the leap, new flow with the offbeatness of it, the eight and one, that was probably my first eight and one dance. Uh, Chase that dollar with so many parts all over it, including the scuff start uh, with the sweep right after it. Vanatek Cha with the the consistent rhythm that still feels original in all of the one, two, three, four, and five, six, seven, eight, and one. Like it's a little different every time you do it, but the rhythm's consistent. So it, you can keep, you can make sense of it. And then because you can make sense of it, you can turn your brain off. Some of these I can't t- turn my brain off yet. JR Drop, I have to think about. Feed the Fetish, I can just kind of like, I can just roll through it and it, it just feels good to do. I, I prefer to do dances like that <clears throat> when possible at a place like Stoney's because I don't want to bring everybody down with like a look of focus or concentration, especially if there are two of us out there. It's not like I can pretend, oh, they're, they're looking at everyone else. All Megan. <laughs> no, they're not. No. They're watching you. <laughs> no. Dep- if it's a booty dance, maybe. I don't know. But I mean, you, you've got some booty going on there too. So like, They mostly watch you. No. <laughs> at least that's what I tell myself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, that is how a lot of these dances ended up on there. Uh, so let's see, looking again at our list, uh, line dance history, that does apply to some of these. Freaky Skills, I guess, has been going on for a while on the East Coast. Floor Filla has personal significance to Brian being one of the choreographers. Pump It, New Flow, Classic Masters in Line. So some of these are just, you know, they got started for you know, my, my learning of them with where they were in the late night set. How important did they seem when they were continually played? Many of them, especially if it's anything to do with Rachel, is going to be musicality because it's going to hit somewhere and it's probably going to be clever. And that goes along with learning new concepts and challenges because she just invents steps left and right and that means I get to learn a new step left and right. Uh, let's see, then influ- being influenced by people selling the dance, again, Rachel can sell anything. Uh, one slight exception to that was somewhere in my car, which I tried to get into so many times just watching the video and watching the dance didn't really do it for me. It was her alone in some country bar and I, I just kept putting it off from watching the video. But when I danced it, because I like that song as much as I do, when I danced it, it felt like how I imagined she must have been feeling when she choreographed it. And then I got sort of that sense of longing that he has in the vocals. 
and it really made me connect with where she was more than if I just watched her do it. I had to feel what she was doing. Uh, and another sort of opposite opposite was um, Somewhere With You. I don't like that song, generally speaking. It's very boastful and braggadocious on the vocalist parts. You know, I can go out and go home with everybody I meet. And yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm Mr. Big Shot, but you know, I, I, still, I still would like to be with you. But it's okay. Like, I don't care if I'm not with you because I could do all these other things. And st- I don't like that. It doesn't impress me. The dance, though does fit very well it's spooky you turn off your brain it's got repeating patterns and you can kind of get lost in that spookiness so yeah for that one it wasn't a person selling the dance it was like the dance selling itself which i think is just an example of great choreography very appropriate to the song uh let's see natural flow that would be again anything to do with rachel she she knows how to just make things connect and you don't find yourself forcing it uh, most of these dances are like Joe, Rachel, uh, random, like Gary is very good with connecting things. Um, and then just, you know, people like Guillaume uh, with Dancing Tree, like it just it just works. That dance just works. Uh, I wouldn't have come up with it myself, but he made it you know, uh, unique enough while not overtaxing my brain. Then we had some other things listed on here that we probably won't mention um, you know, in, in too much depth. Uh, one thing that we did discover though, when, when looking at all this is when you do see a common thread, like certain people coming up with a lot of dances that you want to dance, um, that can affect perhaps not that we're event managers or anything, but that may, uh, that may affect their higher ability at events. If, People want to dance their stuff that badly and they see, ooh, such and such person is on staff for this event. I'll bet they're going to play all these dances by them that I love and I'm going to have a great night. Like that might get the person hired. So it really makes you think as a choreographer, what dances should I be um, choreographing and to what songs? Because they might be great personal projects, but if nobody else wants to hear that song, then they're not going to request the dance and they're not going to be excited or as excited when they see your name on the marquee. You know, they want they want to do certain things, and that that's made more possible if you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because you know, I mean, there's certain tracks that, for instance, pieces will be played regardless if Dustin's there or not. But then there's other things like, for instance, Chase that dollar, or like have you pointed out, um, feels so good that chances are they're not going to be played unless that particular choreographer is there and present. Um, and so like your chances increase to dancing it if the choreographer is present. So are there any, in our last minute and a half, uh, other conclusions that you have come to in analyzing your list or seeing this other giant list and, and uh, thinking about why we're dancing what we're dancing these days? Well... Not, I mean, it's hard to explain because some of it really just has to do with the music and how the dance hits. Um, I'm game to learn just about any Rachel dance just because it feels good for me. So I'm always more likely to give that one a chance. But other than that, I think it's right now you and I just really want to know what we've missed out on not being present in the line dance community. Also, in 30 seconds or less, you mentioned that you used to request dances more often at Mavericks, but not so much anymore. Any thoughts on how that happened? 
I think some of it came down to um, like I was, you know, very eager in the very beginnings of it as to why I wanted to dance these dances because these were the dances I got to do with my girls. And now I know that uh, most DJs know what I like at this point so I can just kind of trust them to play what I want to dance or on the off chance, for the most part, you've requested something that I want to dance anyways. I think as instructors, we've learned that it's a big picture thing and it's more it's about more than just our request. We just want the night to go well. Exactly. All right. Well, this has been Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Barcelia. Thank you for listening to Line Dance Podcast. Until next time, we will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.